you looking to make your first 10K off your clothing brand? I get it, you're frustrated every time you release a drop and nothing happens. Are you looking for a side hustle where you can start making money today? With a low startup cost, printing shirts can be your next hustle now. It amazes me how much people sleep on how much printing shirts can make you. Welcome to the Black is the New Rich podcast where Ross answers all these questions for us. And as usual, please like, comment, and subscribe to keep this channel going. Enjoy. Yeah, my name is Kaya. I go by Ross. Um, IG is Westside Ross. I own We Print What You Want. And then I also have the clothing brand, the West Side Company. Okay. So yeah, that's what I've been working on. So I have known about your business for how long have you been in business for? For We Print What You we Want. We Print What You Want. We're on our 11th year right now. Yeah, because I, I remember year. I got shirts from you guys probably that, like eight years ago. Oh, really? Ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight <laughs> oh, shit. Ago. Yeah, yeah. Easily eight years ago when you were at uh, five, and five and 10. Above Granny's, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, So for people that don't know, what do you do at We Print What You Want? Um... I mean, in one simple sentence, I can say everything. Um, <laughs> but so now my position in the company is more so overlooking everything. Mm -hmm. I got people who run the machines, uh, do printing, embroidery. So me, I'm mostly doing customer service, emails, invoicing, graphic design, mockups. There's still a lot of caps and titles I'm wearing. Yeah. But as you grow the business, you get to slowly take off a hat and hire Give people. It to exactly. Else. And people put, pe put people in position. So, um, on, a, on my daily, it's more so managing the company, but also, like I said, those are the daily tasks. Okay, dope. Yeah. So, before we get into, like, what you're doing now, I want to take it back a little bit. So like you said, you, you, 11th year. 11th year. How did you get into the business? So, man. <laughs> 11th year. All right. So, pretty much. When did you know that the black dollar leaves the community within six minutes? That's why we are excited to introduce the new Black is the New Rich app designed for the black community to be more intentional about where we spend our dollar. The directory consists of mostly financial services like real estate agents, financial advisors, tax consultants, mortgage agents, videographers, photographers, and many more. With our app, you can easily find and connect with quality services that are owned by black entrepreneurs. And to ensure the integrity of the service on our app, all directory members are held accountable if they receive multiple bad reviews. Our mission is to circulate the dollar and provide quality services to our community. Download the Black is the New Rich app today and start investing in your community. I was 16. Me and my mom moved back to Canada from Jamaica. And during that time, it was just, it was a dark time for me. Mm -hmm. It was a At lot 16. of struggling. Yeah. I mean, a lot of struggling. I mean, a lot of just back against the wall. So, end up had to do certain things to get by. And then eventually, I had a girlfriend at the time, and she got pregnant when I was 18. Jeez. So, two years later. So, now I'm looking at myself as an 18-year-old, and I'm I'm not really doing anything that's going to, I know that can last mm -hmm. a long time. So, I'm doing things in the streets, we're hustling, but... You know, I look at myself and I see this baby coming. I'm like, you know what? I want to start something legit. I want to start a legal business. Cool. I want something to grow with. Mm -hmm. So during that time, it was like Tiger and Wiz Khalifa and those guys yeah, were yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah. And everyone was wearing snapbacks. Everyone was wearing, it was like a new hot thing. So everyone, no one was making like t-shirts and sweaters to match it. Mm -hmm. 
So simple, with that simple idea, as an 18 year old, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna make some sweaters and t-shirts that match this stuff. Yeah. Started messing around and then uh, my first order, I got a store to order for me and I got like a nice little check from that. And since then, that's how it started. Off. I was Holy. like, wow, this can, this can, I got the first check, the first sale. And I'm like, wow, in <laughs> one sale, this could happen. So yeah. once I, uh, once I realized that I'm a natural born go-getter. So I just saw the vision and went to see it and we're still working on it today. Okay, dope. So what was your first piece of equipment that you you purchased? Um, a heat press and a vinyl cutter okay. the worst type like not anything good <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like straight from Alibaba <laughs> <laughs> okay so I was doing some research and I was looking at your Instagram and something that stuck out to me is that uh, you just bought a new car mm-hmm. and uh, the caption was something like that excuse me if I'm wrong was um, this is what printing t-shirts can get you, you yeah, know, yeah. nice Mercedes I don't so know cars like that t-shirts. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, explain that feeling and explain that journey what that like even that post meant to you so because I come from like my story my personal story comes from darkness and hard times and working through that and working to the light so now like throughout that journey I post some wins I post some losses mm-hmm. I post the story um, so people who've been a part of my journey from day one or been following the journey they will know when I make posts like that they know I'm not just on Instagram acting flexing. like I'm flexing yeah. they see what I'm talking about mm-hmm. so I don't post no whip who this no I'm not saying that I'm saying this is what selling t-shirts can get you because mm-hmm. a lot of people right now are sitting at home saying you know I want to make a t-shirt brand or I want to make makeup or whatever it could be. I want to write books. The crazy thought is not coming up with the idea. The crazy thought is saying, I can do this and I don't care about no one else. Mm-hmm. So now when you see someone on the level that it may not be as big as 50 Cent or you know Jay-Z, but they are, they're on a level that they're p- providing for themselves through product. When people see that now, I'm a living testimony of that and I tell a story through a post like that. That's what it's saying. So when people see it, they're like, damn, it can be real. Mm -hmm. I can actually go get it. I could actually, from damn, selling t-shirts. Because from the first day I opened the store, I'm like, my rent is $2,000, my first store. I need to sell uh, 100 shirts for 20 bucks to make Uh, my rent. So it's just like daily, how much shirts we can sell. So, and to this day, we're still chopping t-shirts. Like that's what we're doing. Wow, that's amazing. So. I have a I have a heat press and yeah. I've had it for like two years. I and I only use it basically for like my own samples. I haven't done any business out of it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the people that just want to start a, a a t-shirt business, would you recommend still using a heat press in 2023? Yeah, of course. Um, half like most ev- everything people need still kind of needs a heat press. The only thing that doesn't need a heat press is screen printing. Mm-hmm. But you still need heat. It just it's a dryer, dry. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you're gonna do DTG, you need a heat press. If you're gonna do DTF, you're gonna need a heat press. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna do vinyl transfer, you're gonna need a heat press. And it's the cheapest way to get into the market. That's the thing about t-shirt making and brands, or if you're even gonna go on the other side of manufacturing and print them, is that it's not an industry that's hard to get into. You yeah. don't have to go to school for it. You don't have to really study hard for it if you're a creative person good with your hands and not lazy you're you're just gonna buy a heat press yeah buy a vinyl cutter or 
there's nowadays you can order prints like we sell prints yeah so people who have heat presses yeah. will order prints through us they bring it home and they can make their own stuff because mm-hmm. sometimes you have your logo but you, your sales is not like every day all the time so, so you just want to do a couple or you know you have the blanks you sell a hoodie and a t-shirt the same logos on it when you make a sale on your website you press it yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't have to keep a hundred hoodies in stock yeah, all that, the time that's what i do most of the time yeah yeah so there's, there's ways around it so if i would definitely say start with a heat press um and then figure out how you want to print so if you want to do vinyl dtf dtg everything or screen everything has a price point to enter okay but the heat press and the vinyl cutter you can start with like a thousand bucks and get oh. now you're selling t-shirts okay dope so you mentioned the dtf dtg dtg screen printing and vinyl can you explain what exactly yeah. they are yes people think dtf i'll be talking something else <laughs> <laughs> um, so dtg stands for direct to garment mm-hmm. so that's like it's a printer basically you're putting the garment in the printer and it's printing directly on the garment. It's just like a home printer. You know, you put a piece of paper in it, yeah, it yeah. prints directly on the printer, uh, on the paper. So it goes right into the fabric. Right into the fabric. Um, there's this process with it. You gotta pre-treat the garment, you gotta heat it, print it, reheat it, uh, then put it on a drying rack. There's a process to it. Um, so the setup, expensive. Mm-hmm. You're looking around cheap end, maybe 30. Proper end about fifty to seventy to get those grand. machines. Yeah. Fifty to seventy grand for a yeah. DTG. For a DTG machine. Um, and the thing is, you you can't go cheap yeah. with certain machines because if I buy a cheap printer, you can go on Alibaba and find a DTG printer for five thousand dollars. If I do that, every order I'll get complaints. Really, and I won't. You will never come back and cut an order. Mm-hmm. So you got to do your research of what you're buying. Something may be cheap and it's a low hanging fruit, but there's a reason why. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in in this industry, there's headaches like every hour. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, that's DTG. Um, DTF stands for direct to film. Mm-hmm. So it's almost this. I wouldn't say almost the same, but it's similar. Where there's a machine that prints on a film. Now that film, you can. There's no peeling, no weeding. It's just the print, and now you, you can heat it press it. You, okay. So we sell those prints. That's oh. what we sell. The prints are cheap. Uh, they're great quality and they work very well they last so what's the long, life uh span for the dtf everything we sell uh is like a guaranteed six years plus six years that's yeah. how many like and to uh, be honest that's just like a safe number but like you'll have i have clothes i still wear from day one and i just have them just because i'm like yeah, i just want to see how long it's gonna yeah, last that's dtf dtf vinyl everything okay okay, okay everything okay. um so you never have to worry if things cracking, peeling, fading. If as long as you buy the right materials, you invest in the right product, you won't have those problems. If you tr- like I said, if you try to go cheap, you may have a a machine like I said for sixty. You get like ah, that's too much. Mm-hmm. You may be able to get one for five thousand, but there's a reason why. Okay. Um. So that's direct to film, print on a film, and then you can heat press it onto the shirts. Then you have screen printing. That's the oldest form. Everyone mm-hmm. knows that. You know, you have a mesh screen, you use ink, rub it onto the shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then vinyl is when you have the rolls of vinyl and yeah. you have like a vinyl cutter like and it cuts it out. out. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. one color. Those work good because like, you know, security shirts. Yeah. That's always like uh, vinyl. Uh, okay. Name tags or anything like that. Those are always vinyl. So there's always vinyl needed in the industry, uh-huh. even if someone's a huge million dollar company they still probably do vinyl okay because 
um, I haven't pushed the merch super heavy yet, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was doing my research, I get so overwhelmed. I hear, I see DTF, DTG, screen printing, all this stuff. Yeah, what yeah, is sure. the best method? Um, actually, what's the best method for each of them? Like, one should I can uh, a yeah. Person. I want I would even go too crazy in details. Break it down simple. Mm-hmm. DTG is high color, um, especially if you have transparency like clouds or lightning okay. or smoke okay. in your designs. Uh, DTG, you can get all those effects, but it's going to be your most expensive print. Okay. Um, but if you're doing a clothing line and you have like those vintage t-shirt designs yeah. or have high color, DTG is the only way you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you have a one to two, maybe up to five color print, you can still do a screen print. But with screen print, you pay for per each screen, right? color. Yeah. So each screen may be 25 to $30 from a uh, printer so now if your card design has four colors you're paying a hundred dollars just in setup or maybe 150 just in setup and you haven't printed a shirt yet mm-hmm. so if screen printing is good for high volume uh, like if you're doing hundreds of thousands of shirts and the colors isn't a lot it's like one to three four colors okay uh, so that's great for screen printing direct to film it has no minimums you can do the full color prints um, but the only thing is it's still a film. So it's not thick and it it's, doesn't feel it cheap. It plasticky a little? Not as bad as how they used it. It's news and how it is now. It almost feels like a screen print. So it's kind of soft, mm-hmm. but it's still a very, very thin film. So okay. if you're going to do a big print, yeah, you have to go DTG if it's oh, like that. Okay. Like if you want to print, let's say this photo on a t-shirt and you want to, it's a clothing line, you want to do DTG. Because if you do DTF, you can still get the same quality, vibrancy, but the feel of it it wouldn't feel that great. Okay. Um, so if that kind of that's how we do it. So if you're doing low quality, low minimums. Yeah. DTF, uh, DTG as well. For the vibrant colors. Exactly. And then if you're doing a lot of volume and the design is kind of simple, then you go screen printing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So take me through your process. I know you mentioned that you still wear a lot of hats, mm-hmm. and now you're hiring different um, people for different positions. Take me through the process of when you started to hire different people, because even like we do this podcast here, and mm-hmm. eventually I'm going to need a help because it's a lot of work. Um, yeah. So I want to know like what was your process when it came to like hiring different people. So yeah, there was a process. I'll tell you that. So. <laughs> Um, first, you know, like I started my company at 18. So at first I tried what everyone would probably try, hire your friends. Mm-hmm. And I hired, um, a couple of my friends and we, that time was great. Cause we tried, treated it like a creative hub workshop. Every, all of us learned how to use a, a camera, Photoshop, mm-hmm. illustrator. But when it came to growing and kind of picking roles and, and dividing up the work and being on time and mm-hmm. being professional, it wasn't always there. So once the company started to grow in a direction, I saw we can start getting corporate uh, clients and growing to a more professional way instead of just being like, you know, young print shop, mm-hmm. um, having fun. It got hard because it's hard to like, you're, it's hard to ha- treat your friends like an employee. Yeah. And I'm not saying treating someone like an employee is bad, but it's hard to say, yo, like coming on time and your friend's going to be like, yo, bro. shut up, bro. Yeah. Like, yo, I know my, I was just with this tea glass or whatever. <laughs> so you got to like, there's a lot of comfortableness there. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. So I tried that. 
Um, eventually, we all went different ways. Now how, we're wait, still sorry. Before you go on, how yeah. tough were those conversations before? Hard, like mm-hmm. hard. I mm-hmm. used to have to, I used to plan before the convo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to call people and be like, okay, this is what I want to say. Um, and I don't want them to feel like I'm trying to boss them around or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So that's, it's delicate. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were real friends. So like to this day, we still talk. That's Those amazing. are my brothers. Um, and then after that, I started hiring people who I feel like kind of knew of the shop. Um, but I didn't know them that enough to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. So. We started work hiring people like that, and it's been great. Everyone who I've hired to this day either used to be a customer of the shop or they just help, like they know about the shop. So when mm-hmm. they come to work there, it's not like, what's this place about? They know the vibe, they know me, they know what we do. So it works. Um, and there's still like a line of uh, professionalism. We're, we're all, it's like a clubhouse, how mm-hmm. we work. All of my people who work for me, I don't call them really employees. I call them like my coworkers. Yeah. Uh, we're all like a team. So when we're um, when we're working together, it's really like a fun vibe still, but we can still shut that off and say, yo, this it's needs to be done work. by three o'clock. Let's do it. All right, cool. Let me just put my headphones in. We do this, we do that. And everyone knows their role. Mm-hmm. I don't know one has to tell everyone like what to do. And we all help each other. So it's a very team oriented thing. So now when I hire, yeah, I step away from close friends and I do, uh, I mean, I may know you and I may be your friend, but like, we're just not so close where mm-hmm. you won't tell me, yo fam, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like overall, would you recommend the close friends? No. No, you wouldn't? No. I mean, if you have to to start, like I said, sometimes with your close friends, you can ask your best friend to help you do something and you don't have to pay him. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, yo, I'll just buy you food. Mm-hmm. Just help me. So when you're starting out, Yo, just do what you have to. Mm-hmm. There's no rules. Do what you have to. Do what works. But as your company grows, do what works best. For the company. And yeah. And your life. Because it's a work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be after you close your business or after you shut this podcast down. Tonight, you don't want to be stressing about you and your employees. Like, it's done. Like, your employee yeah. knows what you're doing. You know what you're doing. It's like a perfect symphony. Mm, okay so also i've noticed too um you bring your son everywhere yeah. i want to talk a little bit about fatherhood yeah, yeah, yeah. because <laughs> i feel like you know from the outside you're setting a great example um of him coming to work and learning what you do um just explain a little bit how that is working right now so man kimani that's my son's name um, how old is he now he's 11 now mm. and if you notice 11 years i left the company 11 Oh, okay. See, so, yeah, 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 yeah. I so wasn't lying. With the com- I told you, when as soon as he was like in the belly, yeah, company started. So, um, man, he is growing to be a great, a great young man. Uh, he just got his report card yesterday. <laughs> all, all A's and B's. So okay, I was congrats, proud of congrats, him. congrats. Um, and he's a little troublemaker yeah. too. So you know, yeah. they have have the balance. I'm like, at least you do with your grades. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he's um. He's like one of my best friends, man. And I'm his father, so I don't pass that line of just being too friendly. But when yeah. I say best friend, he's uh, he knows how to roll with me. He, I bring him everywhere because he has to know what his father does. Mm-hmm. And when he gets older, he's like, I want to like my son. Mm-hmm. I know that might sound crazy, <laughs> but like a lot of, I'm not with my, his mother. Yeah. So it's co-parenting. So it's not, I have him half the week. She has him half the week. So you still want to make sure you instill values, you mm-hmm. instill things that you believe in in him. So when he's older, it's not just 
uh, one parent teaching, mm-hmm. you know, it's still a balance. He has the presence of both. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and we have two different personalities. So he picks up from me, you know, uh, entrepreneurship. He picks up, you know, just believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. And I just drill those things in him. There's uh, there's just certain things I always tell him on repeat, repeat, build his confidence. Um, and yeah, that's why he, I can bring him everywhere because he's not a kid. He's going to be complaining, crying or nothing. Yeah, He's calm. He's going to be helping. He yeah. comes to these sneaker cons. He wins, he wins shoes every time. <laughs> he's selling the shoes, making money. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's full of energy. So would you say like, have you ever had the thoughts of passing this business down to him? Yeah, he, he plans it already. Really? Yeah, already? That's at his 11. thing. I didn't have to tell him. He says that. <laughs> If he says his dream, this is his goals. You ask him, I wish he was here. If he was here, you'd ask him. He would say, when I grow up, I'm going to be a football player, like soccer player. Mm-hmm. Or no, and I'm going to own some real estate and I'm going to take over my dad's business. Ah, <laughs> okay, so, so he already planned that. <laughs> geez, so that's 11 years in business. 11 yeah. years is his age. And yeah. just as it grows, he grows too. So he's seeing the ins, outs, everything that you're doing. Everything. And he's been along. I, sh- I make sure I see, I make sure I show him the process. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about it. We have convos about it, you know. Um, and then that, so it's something that he thinks just is normal growing yeah. up. So when yeah. he grows up, it's not far-fetched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as kids, some of us, like myself, I didn't really grow up with a lot of confidence. You know, it wasn't on my parents. It wasn't on anything. Some Sometimes we just don't have the tools to give our kids that confidence 100%. or you don't know what's going on with them. So for me, I didn't grow up believing I could really do things creatively. Mm-hmm. It took me like, even the fact that I have a brand now is kind of far-fetched because you didn't I, see that before. I did not see it. I could draw, I'm creative, I can write, I can do a lot of things. But to actually put myself out there and be vulnerable, mm-hmm. I wasn't that confident. And I don't know, something just triggered in my brain. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't have those problems anymore. Okay. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned um, from We Print What You Want? The biggest lessons... Um, one, because we talk about it, is um, hiring friends. So yes, just be yeah. careful with that. Um, but the biggest lesson with we print what you want, One I would of. say. I would say, yeah, hiring friends and just like make sure you know what you want. Mm-hmm. Because when you have a company for as long as like we print what you want has been open, sometimes the market can lead your company to make you have to go a certain way, but it's always important to remember why you started Mm -hmm. your intention and to stay on your own path. Cause if you keep following trends, sometimes you just get drifted off the road. But if you stay on your own lane and you know, you play, you dabble, but you also remember what you're doing here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cause along the journey, times change, fashion changes, what's cool changes, people change, you get older started when I was 18, I'm 29 now. Mm-hmm. So I'm different, mm-hmm. you know? So I would say just know where you want to go and always set a goal because your goal is going to change. Okay. So I've been a videographer for like the last six or seven years, right? So I know you could probably relate and it's cheap clients. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that now for people like, oh, bro, can I just get a discount on this? I'll come back three mm-hmm. times, da, 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 da. Where are you at now and how are you handling those type of situations? Every, every, uh, I know exactly what you mean. So <laughs> every um, every situation is kind of, I play it different. It's a little delicate. Because some people, I truly believe, um, 
hook them up this one time or something and they're or, or and they will come back some people i also know they're just talking shit mm-hmm. so i kind of i don't really cut my prices too low i may be able to negotiate a little bit when it comes to certain things mm-hmm. but then if they start to push me too much i usually Oops. i usually i usually say this one line and I, i'll stop the convo i can be very stern so i can i'll look someone dead in their eye and just be like, look, I can get it done for cheap and you probably won't like it. You're probably gonna complain. Or you can pay the price we're charging you, which isn't a lot, it's not killing you, and you're gonna be happy, we're gonna be happy, <laughs> and we're gonna have a happy relationship. And I kinda smile when I say, and when you say that, if they keep negotiating, it's like, I don't know what else to tell you after that. Yeah. But usually that seals the deal. Cause it's true, if you want something done, I have videographers I work with sometimes, they hit me with a price. I'm like, bro, come on. But like, if I try to hit them with a half price or too low, they're not going to even care for yeah, the project. Me, I want to make sure people are working on my stuff, actually care, mm-hmm. and we can grow a relationship. So if you're working with a vendor, it could be me, it could be another printer, it could be a videographer. Mm-hmm. Don't try to cut the legs off there. Don't try to cut them short because you're trying to build a relationship. Eventually you might get to that place where he's like, you know what, man, I'll do this one for free. Or I'll do this for you. You've been a great client. You helped me out. But if you don't start a relationship, if it's just monetary, then it's, uh, not going far. it's not going far. Yeah, exactly. Because literally like when I get paid my price, yeah, I'm like apt to do their stuff. I'm apt to please them with what I'm doing. Yeah. But when people are undercutting me and I knew I just took it, whatever, and then I like I let it sit for a little while and yeah. I don't even feel like doing it. And you know the thing is, the ball's in their court when they pay your price. Because guess what? If we don't do our jobs properly, they have all the right to complain. Yeah, a hundred percent. But if they now shortchange us and like, look, man, I couldn't do this because you didn't pay me enough. Like yeah. I had to take this service out, and it's kind of like, but. If they, you know, that it's like, it's just, you're going to be happy. I'm going to be happy. Exactly. That's what I say. Exactly. All right. So I want to talk about the clothing brand. Can you explain a little bit about it, please? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's West Side. That's the brand. <laughs> um, we got um, West Side started literally as a, as a hat. It was just an idea. I just wanted to uh, make uh, design that kind of represented the west side of this city. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, we have Saga, we have West Toronto, we have Brampton. Um, and like, since I moved back from Jamaica, this is, been those are the home. parts, yeah, it's, it's been my home. So it's been like, it was that time when everyone was uh, just repping the six. And I was yeah, like, yeah. I want something to rep like where are we from, the yeah, west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just made a hat that said the west side. And it sold out. Like every time I put it in the shop, sold out, sold out. So I'm like, hmm, my brethren's were like, brother, you might as well just make a brand out of this. And I'm like, you know what? Let me try something. And I'm I'm creative. Like I said before, I had I'm I've always been creative. I just never had the confidence. So I I remember the first collection I put out was uh it was called The System is a Joke. Mm-hmm. Inspired by I seen that. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually wearing it right now. Okay, this okay. is still uh this is the first collection and we're still selling it. Okay, and it's um, still up to par. It's still people not people peeing. love it. Yeah, people <laughs> love it. Well, this is a fresh shirt, I won't oh, lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that collection, it, like I said, it's had ideas and you can't really make a brand called We Print What You Want. It's, it didn't really sound right yeah, for yeah, people yeah. to rep. Um that's more of a service. So I just said, you know what? I have all these ideas. The hat went well. I'm gonna call the brand the West Side Company. Mm-hmm. And I put out that collection, The System is a Joke. It was inspired by a Lauren Hill song called I Get Out. 
mm. on the unplugged uh, MTV mm-hmm. album. And those times was like a hard time for me. I was going through a lot. So that song connected with me a lot. Um, I used to listen to that probably 10 times a day at times. Um, so there was lyrics in the song where Lauren Hill said, she said, uh, the system is a joke. You'd be smart to save your soul. Mm-hmm. I get out. So I took those lyrics, started playing with them um, on shirts and designs. And then the shirt came about, a jacket came about. We made slides, shorts. Uh, so we put out a collection. And actually, that was like, like I said, the first one, first ever collection I put out. And actually, Lauren Hill's team saw it. I'd even try to make them see it. Just, no way. Just Instagram. Yeah. They saw it, reached out. I got a message from Lauren Hill. We sent her a jacket. Wow. Uh, you know, crazy. Lauren doesn't really take photos, so we never got a photo. Yeah, yeah but, but she has I know it. she has a jacket. Yeah, yeah. And we got, and we got, she sent us an email with a little poem in it about the collection and the messages. So, wow, that's big. That was, um, I never really put that story out either. But that, um, that was kind of it for me. I was like, wow, I got something. Yeah, like, yeah. and if, that's validation to uh, exactly. tell you that, yo, I'm creative and I got something here. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that was it. And then from there, we just started putting out collections, doing cool things, mm-hmm. uh, pr- parties, uh, like music videos. I did a cypher. We just do cool things and we brand it Westside. But now, we just focus really on clothing mm-hmm. um, and just telling the story of okay. the brand because... Without uh, without intent, intent like there's no content. Yeah, you know what big, I mean. You big, need big. intention with your brand because everyone's selling T-shirts, everyone's selling hats. It's what it means, what it represents. Okay. So yeah. So this part of the podcast, I will admit, is very selfish because I do wanna, I, I do wanna, <laughs> uh, I do wanna get my clothing out there and I, like you know, like I, I feel like I have so much going on, so I haven't. Trust me, I, I know exactly where you're going. Yeah. I get this all the time. Yeah, like I haven't <laughs> had the time to really focus on it. And um, again, when I was doing my research, I see you. You're in Michigan doing pop up shops. I think you were in Atlanta too. So like maybe a couple of years ago. This, yeah, a couple of years ago. Atlanta though, I have people there, so we're always back and forth. Okay. Uh, this year alone, we did f- uh, Miami, yep. uh, New York twice, uh, Chicago, Detroit. Uh, yeah, that's that's what we did so far this year. Okay, so how important is to like be on the ground level and do these pop up shops, and how are you finding them? To be honest, no one really. This wasn't a lane I ever saw anyone do. I just tried it. I. The thing is, Toronto is only so big, yeah. especially for people like us. Mm-hmm. I remember I heard John Tory say a statistic. I'll never forget it. And he said 8% of Toronto is black. Yeah, like that's what I'm that, saying. That, that, that means from our grannies mm-hmm. to the newborn babies, 8%. 8%. Mm-hmm. That means really there's like, what, 4 3% of that us. Our, our age. 18 to the young adults, 30, 35. So it's like, there's not much of a market if you're selling to your own people here. So when you go to America, it's t- completely different. How, how's it been like uh, for as far as like monetary wise? Are you selling now or like? So I'm very confident in the quality of my clothes and the story and what we're putting out. Um, now I'm not, I know obviously I'm biased, it's mine, mm-hmm. but. But you have to be like that. I've, but I've got like the real, I got the validation from all these cities. These people don't know me from Timbuktu. Mm-hmm. We go there, we set up a booth at sneaker cons or other or other conventions, and 
we sell sometimes we sell out sometimes we do really good we've done one that wasn't as good mm-hmm. um what's a really, learned, what's a really good if you don't mind saying a number um for a one day pop up in a city that that doesn't know us from nowhere like 3000 US that's good that doesn't um, even know you at all no no just, it's just me my guy um or you know the rest sometimes i bring my, like i said i bring my son mm-hmm. bring the team and we all go out there and we just talk to people tell the story but they feel the quality of the shirts mm. i'm very confident in what we do and everything we do we make ourselves so when people see that we tell them the story we're from toronto they just connect um so we've, we've done really good and I've other I've seen other brands go out there and not sell a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm not trying to shit on them, but mm-hmm. you gotta know what you're selling. Mm-hmm. You gotta come with energy, and um, it's gotta be different in some way, some unique, some way. I definitely want to make the American run soon because actually the name Black is New Rich. I want to be in like HBCUs, all those black colleges and stuff like that because I think it'll do really well out there. Atlanta, I do want to touch as well. Yeah, yeah. Um. Um, so I do want to get on the road and do that. But you mentioned like you make your clothes. Are you manufacturing? Like, for example, like I've gotten some stuff off of Alibaba. Are you doing that as well? Like the blanks, the shirts yeah, blanks as well. So the shirts, we're, we're really aspiring to start making our own blanks soon. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we're doing a lot of testing for that, but not, not right now. So right now what we're doing is sourcing uh t-shirts hoodies and different blanks that we find uh like highest quality so a lot of the stuff is made locally mm-hmm. um so we they source the fabrics they make the stuff um and then some of the stuff is like generic like shaka wear yeah stuff that is easy to go but it's good quality yeah. um but there's certain things that it's like supreme sometimes they'll make their bo- their box logo hoodie yeah. shirts yeah. they make them on the really best t-shirts they can find and we use the same t-shirt oh wow then there are other t-shirts that are just kind of random supreme designs sometimes those are on gilded they are <laughs> so at the end of the day it's it's like you learn which products need to be higher I'm quality because you want to sell them for more and then certain products people are not going to care as much about so you got to sell them for a little cheaper mm-hmm. so you learn so right now we're, we just source depending on the product okay. like our new collection is coming out right now um and for that we source products from all over uh we made a lot of it actually this is our first collection we made some blanks ourselves oh wow okay. we're coming out with these like uh silk like button-ups okay lit. and we made those in-house okay uh so we're, we're gonna put out a commercial showing that soon okay sick. um so it just depends but eventually for uh we print and the west side we want to create our own brands our own blanks mm-hmm. to print on and then a higher end brand so we can make for the brand okay okay but yeah so how uh, often do you drop collections um that's the thing i know you're supposed to do like winter summer the thing is we're small we're a small company we're not zara we're not gucci or nothing yeah. like that we don't have a fashion warehouse or millions of people working for us a lot of time west side is still just me yeah, and okay. i and i i ask people to help me or i hire people to help me but i don't have a payroll or staff for west side west side is still my baby yeah um so uh, sorry what was the question again um how often do you drop collections so when we it's really it's really when i catch like an inspiration mm. um 
I try to drop every summer because summer is my favorite season. And then winter time, I may do one or two. Um, but usually you get two to three collections a year from Westside. Okay. Um, you might get some specialty pieces throughout the year, maybe a hat, a jacket, a bag, um, or a collab piece. But I try to do at least two to three because collections is, uh, it just, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I, lo- and I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I like, I like a lot of pressure that keeps me going. Yeah. 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 Do you do limited, uh, like, for example, like, the first hoodies that we put out, we just did a limited um, quantity. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you don't get it, like, I literally still have people asking me for the hoodies today, but they're done. They're sold out, gone. So, and they'll never come back. Supreme was one of my first big inspirations with this brand. And so I copied their motto. Once something is gone, it's gone. Mm-hmm. We may, um, a lot of people are, like, cuss us about it, <laughs> but, like, that's what it is yeah, yeah, once yeah. something is gone it's gone so when you see us selling something and if you like it you should buy it because mm-hmm. a lot you know how it goes when you're selling things on your instagram and you're, you're still selling to your people yeah right? yeah yeah 100 a lot of times be like, yo, save me a shirt yo i'm gonna come check you for a medium yeah. xyz <laughs> yeah. but like and you and they sometimes a lot of people take it disrespectful and you be like yo just order off the website yeah and they might feel a way about it but once they yo you have that shirt it's sold Yo, I told you I was coming for it, but I asked you right. to do it. You know, like, like you, you have a you have a program, so you know. Obviously, you try to help out people when you can, but if things are limited, you know, especially if you don't know that person that well, if they're even going to come, mm-hmm. like if it's your real dog or something, yeah, I got you. But um, yeah, I try to. Once it's gone, it's gone. Mm-hmm. That's how we do it because we have more ideas, more coming. Do you do influencer marketing at all, or I? I dabble. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones who we work with now is very natural. Yeah. Like we meet, sometimes, you know, you just meet people, connect. Yeah. It's very natural. Um, I've, I'm, and that's why I am with most of my relationships. So it's hard for me to reach out to people. Say, and hey, wear my stuff. Wear my stuff. You know, I'm, I know there's like professional ways to go about it and all this stuff, but I've tried every avenue and, Sometimes you get good. Sometimes they barely even post it. And it's like, why'd you even wear, yeah, ask for yeah, this? Yeah, 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 so yeah. I try to make, I try to, it's just like, you know, any business relationship. You try to like talk to the person first, feel it out, make sure they like what your brand what represents so they and understand it so they can really rep it. Um, so the few we have, it's very like natural. Mm-hmm. Like where it's uh, very tapped in, but I don't do it often. Mm-hmm. I don't like... Like I may have a collection of 50 shirts, let's say. I won't make like an extra 25 to ship out to yeah, influencers. Yeah, yeah. I know that it's a lot of people do it and it works for a lot of people, but. You're mm. doing the super organic thing right now. Yeah. Um, it's just who I am. Yeah. And my brand represents, like that's the fun part with a the brand. There's no rules. There's mm-hmm. no, this is how you're supposed to do it. I know that's when you scroll Instagram, everyone's telling you how you should do it. Mm-hmm. But there is no rules to this shit. You can get up and say, I'm going to do it this way. You can get up and say, I'm going to do it that way. When it starts to work, everyone's going to look at you like, oh, that's how you do it. Mm. Everyone's crazy until it works. Mm-hmm. The one thing I do see, because I, I oversee a lot of small businesses, a lot of brands. I do, I've noticed something. I, I notice with a lot of clothing brands, their story starts to get lost with, because they just start selling, 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 and they forget to tell the story. Yeah. So I want to ask you, like, how important is to always tell that, the brand it's, story? It's funny how you asked that question, because <laughs> I was actually just uh, saying that this week. 
um, it you can easily get that, especially if you're like me and you're doing it all by yourself. Mm-hmm. So I manage one company and that's busy. And then Westside is kind of like the thing I do when I'm done that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be up late doing everything, like up to two, three in the morning sometimes. But um, yeah, you just, uh, just got to know how to divide the time, do it up and and uh, know what you want. Because when you have a story, it's uh, it's hard to tell it when you get busy. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're designing clothes, you're, you're planning the photo shoot, you're uh, planning the commercial, you also have real life, I'm a father. Yeah. So sometimes it's hard to do it, but without, like I was saying earlier, without intent, there's no content. Without purpose, there's no brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can make a cool t-shirt, but... You know, when you, when you when it represents something, people connect with it more, mm-hmm. and they want and they come back. Um, so it's it's definitely something you just gotta remember to do. Be conscious about it. Um, that's how I say because it's definitely easy to get lost in the sauce. Mm, okay, I want to know. This is a kind of a deep question, but if you were to go back and tell something to your eighteen year old self, what would you say? Um. Hmm. Be more organized. <laughs> elaborate. Yeah. Elaborate. Um, like, I'm naturally, like, easy to sell the product, build a product, design a product. Even the store itself. I, us- I usually build all the stores. I make the desks. I build the the racks and everything. But, like, paperwork, organizing, accounting. If you're not organized on that, it can destroy you. Mm-hmm. So I would say definitely from day one, just be organized. If you don't know something, don't hesitate to ask someone. Yeah. Don't feel a way like you're supposed to know. Because yeah. that kind of stopped me. A lot of the time asking for help is like, I feel like people think I should know everything. Or I should know <laughs> this. But if you actually lose that and just uh, be vulnerable, ask what you need. Um, because if you're not organized in the beginning, you can't run from it in the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you go five, ten years later, you're still dealing Doing with that thing problem. from the beginning. You're still working on that problem for the beginning because you're never organized. And then if the tax guys come for you, you're done. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. So because you okay, you work on other people's clothing, right? So you have we print what you want, and then you have West Side. Would you recommend someone doing both? Because do you think it takes away from working on your brand um, and working on sales? I would, I mean, not to be like arrogant, but I would tell someone, do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Don't do it because it's it looks sexy. Yeah. Don't do it because, you know, you see, you, you look at me maybe and be like, oh, his life looks easy or it looks cool. It's and like, do what you want to do. You may like to make money so printing shirt works uh works for you but you may also like to write books so that could be your side thing you Mm -hmm. don't always need to have a clothing brand and print um but usually it falls hand in hand like what i've realized over the 11 years people start a brand it's very hard to maintain that energy Mm -hmm. of a brand because it's like you're selling a lifestyle mm-hmm. and your lifestyle changes. True. So it's hard to maintain that. So over the time, a lot of people take that knowledge they learn making a brand and then start making, uh, they start printing for other people. Mm. For me, it was the other way around. I started printing and then, like I said, I'm just had these creative ideas and I wanted to put them out. And that's why I did Westside. I truly want to do Westside. If like, 
if I was to do something and I didn't get paid from it, I would be still be designing, going on the road, meeting people and selling. It, it feels good. That mm. makes me happy. But yeah, don't do it if it just, if it looks sexy and it's not in your heart. Do what's in your heart, mm. 100%. What's next for Westside? Um, a poll from the next uh, collection. This, yeah. I mean, yeah, next collection is coming out. <laughs> follow the brand page. Um, no, but next. I don't really talk about too much of my ideas unless there's in motion. Like I know, like I'm talking about the collection because it's coming out. <laughs> but the other things, um, I'll say one thing that I would like to happen um, is eventually opening a store downtown. Mm-hmm. Is just what for I'm, Westside. Just for Westside. Like actually I took Westside, the products out of the store right now because the stores we print what you want. Yeah. But because, you know, I'm there, it's easy to just put a shelf at Westside. Yeah. It just gets a lot of confusing. Uh, it gets a little, little confusing with customers. They'll use my brand as like what they want theirs to be like. Oh. And it started getting to me. So I took it out the store and we're strictly now online. Yeah. And until I want the first store to be downtown Toronto, mm-hmm. Kensington is home or yeah. Queen Street. Okay. You know, so I'm looking for that. Eventually, that's what I want. And then from there, I want to do other cities. Okay. Okay. What do you even think about brick and mortar right now with clothing brands? I mean, I love it. I love having a physical location. I'm a physical guy. I don't want to be... Just online. Yeah. Even if I didn't have a retail store, I would have a studio. Okay. Okay. Like, I just, you know, because when you're making samples... You're designing, you need space. Mm-hmm. You know, my friends know my office is small right now, and I'd be designing samples. I'll have like 30 pieces just on this little chair. To me, it makes sense. Yeah, my yeah. ADHD knows exactly <laughs> where everything is, and it makes sense. But, you know, eventually I'd love to have, like, even if I have the retail store, I'd love to have a, a floor on top of it that's just like yeah. we can work and design, create. So either way, I like a physical store. Um, you know, that that uh, process reminds me of this brand that I seen in the states called Unfinished Legacy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I copped yeah. a shirt from them. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, I like the way he. I think his name is Bremer. Uh, I like the Bremer way. Or yeah, something yeah, like Bremer, that. Yeah. yeah, I like the way he does his whole thing. He has a shop. He has a screen print, and he has a place. And he's to telling his story. And he's telling the story exactly. So you know he and someone like that. I don't think they have a story yet. I no, they don't. Just they do, like, do pop-ups like yeah, crazy. Yeah, they pop-ups like crazy. So I know we compare ourselves to um, other people easily as creatives. Sometimes that can be d- very detrimental, destructive, because you never know what um, other people, how oh, they yeah. got it exactly. Mm-hmm. But no, but showing, um, having a space i mean is is very important so i would definitely have a space regardless if it was retail or studio mm-hmm. um and like yeah what brands like unfinished legacy is motivating for us one of our biggest motivators our inspiration is uh chrome hearts chrome hearts, I haven't heard. Chrome hearts is uh is a brand from la family owned mm-hmm. they make everything themselves uh, you see, you pro- you definitely seen it before. Okay. You definitely see <laughs> it. If once once you come off of this, you Google it, you'll yeah. be like, oh, this. Okay. Um, but it's like, yeah, and they've been around from like, like I think the eighties or the seventies. Mm-hmm. But now they're like hip hop took them in and they're blowing up. Um, but the story, the the dad started it. He married a woman. She got into the company. 
they had kids their kids are taking over the company oh, right now uh everything they still make in their warehouse mm-hmm. in la um, and they don't make just t-shirts and hats they make like they do a lot of metal stuff um so but that's like companies like unfinished legacy chrome hearts is mm-hmm. definitely how we're moving because we make everything ourselves i i just feel like <clears throat> Your son is like the golden piece because as he gets older, <laughs> then you know what he's into and what they're wearing too. Yeah, so you yeah, can kind of yeah. cater to, you can always cater to his age group. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, he's in the schools right now, rocking West Side head to toe almost <laughs> every day. His first school photo, he's wearing a West Side hoodie. Oh, yeah. That's a, a little bit of a cheat code because you just ask him, hey, son, what are you guys wearing? And you can kind of yeah, yeah, cater sure. to that. For sure. I'm still the cool one, though. <laughs> he still comes to me. He's like, what, what are they wearing, Dad? Does this look cool? So, so right now, I still got the sauce. Okay. But until then, he, uh, we'll see. Yeah. But he's definitely he's definitely into, like, dressing well. Yeah. Matching. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and he, he, he sees the whole process. So sometimes he'll come to the shop and be like, can I make a, a shirt, a design? And he'll draw something out. We'll embroider it. Oh, that's sick. Sheet, and like, you know. Not a lot of kids have a dad who has like a warehouse like yeah, mine. So yeah, it's like, yo, yeah. you might as well use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so. dope. Okay, Ross, these last two questions I ask everybody on the show. Let's go. And the first one is, what is the best advice you received? And what is the worst uh, worst advice you received? And you don't have to say any names. The best advice I received, honestly, was from my mom. I remember... The day I was having my first grand opening at my store, um, I ordered, you know, it was, the, it was we print what you want. So it was mm-hmm. just a bunch of like blank sweaters and hoodies. I went to go pick it up from the warehouse and they were closed. And like it on was a Friday, day? it was a Friday and my grand opening was Saturday. So they're not open on Saturday. And I was with my mom and I kind of gave up and I was like, I don't know what to do. I just work so hard. So spazzed and she went, no, 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 let me teach you something. You never take no for an answer. If you want something, Go get it. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? She called every number, banged the door, and in 20 minutes, the sweaters are in our car. Jeez. <laughs> From that, I kind of, and just who she is as a person, it made me literally like, do what you want. People might call you crazy or whatever, but you did what you want. You live freely. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say just don't take no. If you want something, your, your heart is burning for it, your passion's burning, go for it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's your mom, your girl, your son, your best friend telling you, nah, that's stupid, do it. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, at least you burnt that desire out. You tried it. You you don't have, man, what if? Yeah. Or you won't you won't um you won't resent someone because they told you not to do it and you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I'll definitely say that would be the best piece of advice. The worst piece of advice. I never thought about that. <laughs> the worst piece of advice. You didn't have to take it either. No, I know, because I don't usually take bad <laughs> advice. Um, the worst piece of advice. Oh, I won't call names. <laughs> but the worst piece of advice is someone told me not to start my business. Wow. Um, Why? Uh, they thought it was stupid. They told me not to start it. That's stupid. You're going to print shirts for people. Um, yeah. and uh, Are they around today? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was the worst piece of advice and I never listened. That's why I, I tell you I don't listen to people. They tell me something not to do something. Mm-hmm. If my heart's even if I'm even if I end up go doing it and I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I, you I know did that you're I wrong. made the decision. Exactly. Or if I or if you tell me not to do something, I'll go home and think about it. And if I decide not to do it, 
I made a decision not to do it. Mm-hmm. So I will never resent anyone for telling me you know, what to do and what not to do. But yeah, that was the worst piece of advice. Okay. And on the show, we like to make predictions. So in five years, I want to say, ah, oh, Ross said he was going to do that. Where do you see yourself in five years? Five years, we have a store in Toronto for Queen West Side. Or Kensington? Queen Kensington. Depends where my heart tells me. Um, we have a store in Atlanta for West Side. Um, we promote what you want. Couple stores. And honestly, I might not be living in this country full time. Really? Yeah. Where so. do you see yourself living? Floating in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not putting that out there yet. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know yet. Yeah. I don't know yet. But you know, I wasn't born here. I didn't live here my whole life, and the weather kills me. Yeah. So it still feels uncomfortable. Yeah, I know the cold kills. Even it's summer right now. Today it's chilly. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a summer baby. Okay, okay. Um, let everybody know where they can contact you for either we print what you want or Westside. So if you're looking to, you know, make uniforms, start your brand, or you already have a brand, you want a new supplier, or you just want to check out some new stuff, um, we print what you want on Instagram. I'll spell it out correctly. Uh, the website, weprintwhatyouwant.com, or email, sales at weprintwhatyouwant.com. And then the stores in Mississauga, uh, you can see the address and everything on the Instagram website and all that. For the brand, we have a new collection coming out. Uh, I don't know when the episode's coming out, but the collection will be out in July. Uh, you can check it out, depending on if when this episode drops, if it's still available or not, we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, the Westside Co. is the Instagram. The Westsideco.com is the website. And then you can uh, find me at westside.ross on Instagram. Okay, dope. So, Ross, honestly, I want to thank you for coming out because obviously I know you're super busy. <laughs> and uh, thank you for giving us your time. You're welcome yeah, thank back. Thank you for anytime. having me. No problem. Uh, you're welcome back anytime because a lot of these questions, like I said, I'm honest. I'm honest about it. They were selfish because I want to start getting my clothing uh, out, <laughs> out, out in, the, uh, in the society as well. It's so. good. So, when people ask me, how do you do this? I'm going to be like, Go watch that interview. <laughs> Go to yeah, Black is the yeah, Rich. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah, yeah. I really appreciate all the gems. And like I said, welcome back anytime. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you for having me, man.